0: Welcome to Basic Binges. It's uh, Moon Knight Mike on the Non-Talk Network. You're probably wondering why I am fully decked out and it's because we are talking about the season finale of Moon Knight. Uh, Thank you guys for joining us. As you can tell, and I'm going to take off this mask I am not our typical host, Sabina Graves, uh, who is on assignment right now um, on the other side of the the country. Uh, We miss you, Sabina. We love you. And thank you so much for taking us through this entire uh, season of Moon Knight. Um, But uh, in lieu of Sabina Graves, uh, you have me, Moon Knight Mike, um, and you've (laughs) got my cohorts, Laura Ciracle and Mike Lee. Uh, Would you guys like to do a round of introductions? Uh, Laura, we'll start with you.
1: Hi, I'm Laura Siracol. I'm an editor for the Nerds of Color and a freelance writer for a whole bunch of other places um, and a huge, huge, huge Marvel fan and as well as um, uh, just all, all things geekery, Doctor Who and all Star Trek and Star Wars and all that stuff. Oh yeah, made the fourth be with you also. Um, so excited about that. But yes, i excited to be here and talk about the finale.
0: <laughs> awesome. Mike Lee, how about you?
2: Yes, uh, I am Mike Lee. Um, I also write for the Nerds of Color. Um, that's in LA, and we live entertainment. And I am, I am a nerd too. So I love all kinds of things, um, Marvel, you know, DC, and
0: Star Wars. So yeah. Awesome. And as you guys know, I'm Moon Knight Mike, they dubbed me. No, Mike Manalo from the Nerds of Color and What to Watch, and that's at LA. Um, and as you can see, I'm a casual Marvel fan. No, you know, there's nothing about me that screams Marvel. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm, I'm a hardcore Marvel-like nut, and I loved every single episode talking with you guys about this. This has been one of the highlights of my weeks every single week, So, so thank you so much. Um, and May the 4th be with everyone. I know that we're doing Marvel right now, it's Star Wars Day, so, you know, I mean, there's a little bit of crossover there, but uh, wishing everyone a happy Star Wars Day and a happy Moon Knight Finale Day. So, without further ado, I feel like we could probably get into it. You guys ready? (laughs) Yep. Let's do it. Okay, cool. So, first things first, um, I think before we start getting into the nitty gritty, I want to hear what all of y'all think. Um, you know, Laura, I'd, I'd love to start with you. Um, overall impressions on this this finale, but also this season, now that we've seen the whole picture.
1: Um, I felt like the season finale was short, but it was good and it was concise with everything that you needed to know. Because, you know, with every episode, you always wonder at the end, like, what are they, how are they gonna explain all this stuff? What are they going to do? Like, how are they going to put everything within these six episodes um and I felt like they did a really good job um facing out what was important because there's no like there was no filler thing that I felt like wasn't unnecessary everything had a purpose um I felt like overall like it was it was good it was really good I really enjoyed the the characters I cared the, the story arcs but in the end I was kind of like I left unfulfilled um and because <laughs> and then the And then the you know the end credit showed up and I was just like okay now I feel a lot better Mm -hmm. but I like I felt like at the end what happens like I just felt like wow we go through this journey and in the end I was just kind of like that's it Mm -hmm. and so I kind of I'm worried because I don't know if it's a limited series or if Oscar Isaac is too famous to do a second season like what's I don't I I'm not it doesn't it just didn't feel fulfilling unless they continue the story. Mm-hmm. So I overall felt like it was it was really good. It, it, was, it was to the point, even though it was short, it was to the point. Um, but I just felt unfulfilled if there's no continuation.
0: Mm. Mike Lee, what about you?
2: Uh, I would have to agree with Laura on it being short and concise. <laughs> uh, what I liked about it is it just didn't need to overextend itself with too much filler, um, with too many action scenes. It got to the point, it told the stories they needed to tell. Um, I kind of disagree with her that it, it let me, you know, I didn't like it so much. I, I kind of liked it at, in the end. It, 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 it was, it answered a lot of the questions I needed to be answered, um, especially with the, the whole storyline, the way it's been going. Um, and to me, it felt like more of a self-contained story. I didn't need to watch any other Marvel shows or any watch any other, other Marvel movies to have an understanding. So I felt good about that, knowing that, oh, this doesn't have, I don't have to watch this to understand what's going to happen in the movie, next movie or another show. So I I liked it pretty much.
0: I'm in between both of you guys. Um, I I really agree with, well, first off, let me just say that if we're being honest, and this is me as a complete and hardcore Marvel freak, um, I love the shows, don't get me wrong, but they always have issues sticking the landing, I think. Um, That's been a recurring pattern with most of the shows that we've seen. With the exception, I think Hawkeye did a good job, uh, at least as best a job that it could, like the best job it could compared to some of the other finales that they had. But I think Moon Knight topped that as a finale. Like, um, I thought I was, I was more fulfilled from Moon Knight than I have been for any of the other Marvel Studios uh, shows on Disney+. Plus. Um, and the reason being is because, Michael, Michael Lee, this is kind of where I, I also kind of agree with you. Um, all the answers, most of the answers, the main questions that they pose, most of those main answers to those from this season are, for the most part, wrapped up in this pretty satisfactorily Um, But to Laura's point, I also agree if this is the end of it, this sucks as a series finale, but it is an amazing season finale. Um, So if we are left thinking or knowing that this is going to have a season two, then I'm satisfied because I want to see where this goes. I love the cliffhanger, everything like that. But if you're just going to end it here, then I'm going to be like WTF, guys, like, come on. Um, so, so I, I do agree with both of your assessments and, um, I, I, I still think for me, this might be my favorite of the Marvel Studios series so far, just from a consistency standpoint. I think like, I don't, I never disliked any of the single episodes in the bunch, I think. Um, but, uh, for the most part, I kind of wanted to see what you guys thought. Um, Mike Lee, um, start with you for this one. Um, overall each episode, the whole series um where does it rank for you
2: so i would have to say episode five pretty much tops it for me yeah. um just for character work wise we get to see that whole dynamic between mark and steven finally fleshed out um them coming having to come to terms with you know that the, there is a split and having a, to understand mark's um history with uh did and um and how how just the mythology of um, the afterlife works? There, there's a, it's a separate branch now. Now we also understand that. And um, but otherwise, um, like episode six, the, the finale. I thought I thought that was the best, like action wise, because we get to see um, Moon Knight and Mister Knight. You know, switch back and forth, have mm-hmm. their fun. Uh, you know, um, and uh, go go at it with Layla as well. And that that was an amazing thing too, to see Layla yeah. finally get her suit, finally, you know, confirm that there are other heroes out there like her. Um, we're gonna get into that later, I guess. But um, yeah, yes. But, and then after that, it would be episode one, just for me, this is my top three, but yeah, so episode one, just in general, setting up the exposition wise, setting up this world, who Mark is, and what is his powers and such, so yeah those are my top three cool
0: laura what about you
1: um number five is my ultimate favorite episode of um, like um it may be one of my favorites of the marvel series of like the ones because oscar and like oscar isaac just acted the f out of that like the whole the whole thing like episode five like i was just if if, if elizabeth olsen Got nominated for an Emmy for *WandaVision* for her performance in *WandaVision*, which was f- spectacular. Uh, Oscar Isaac deserves a nomination for that episode because he just goes so deep into the character, um, and you really go into the psyche, and it's just really him. Like, what kind? Of, that's a great acting opportunity if you're able to act, be the main focus, and it it two characters, and you get to be two different characters. And really dive deep into the psyche. And like I felt like episode five is like my favorite episode, like my like my favorite episode of the series. Um, uh, and the sixth, I think yesterday's last night's was like today actually. Last night's was like today's episode um, is my second favorite because you know it's a you get to see the fighting styles and they like they they get along and they click together. Um and that the fights, the fight scene was amazing just to see Steven come on his own. And being able to fight, um, and also like you get to learn these this the the like the sneakiness of um what is his name um Arrow? the what Harrow,
0: Harrow uh, Harrow Arthur Harrow. No, you get to see
1: oh. the sneakiness of the one who makes Moon Knight.
0: Oh, Conchu. Uh,
1: Conchu, yeah, you you yeah, really sorry. see the the the, the conniving the, like like the conniving of like of uh, kanzu. like you know you really. At the end and everything. And I feel like, man, it's great to to see that because you you think they're they're the heroes, but it's like you really know that there's evil within that. Like there's something sinister about him. Um, even though you kind of knew I just thought he was a dick, you know, <laughs> like okay, he's just a dick. He but then now you just know he's just a sinister, horrible, horrible like character, you know? Yeah. Um yeah. And, you know, I, I just, I thought the CGI was, was great because usually I hate the overdoing of CGI. So yeah. the sixth episode was great. Um, and then the first, like, I think same as Mike, like the first episode because that introduces you to that world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the other ones were kind of forgettable. So I'm kind of like, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, the fifth episode, six, of, and then uh, the finale, and then the first one. But, um, but I did love, and I also did love seeing Layla in her hero outfit and, yeah. and the little girl telling her are you egyptian yes, to yes. Girl? Yeah, i felt so a, emotional yeah. yeah i felt so emotional and i was like i wanted to tweet i'm like this is amazing for little girls like egyptian girls like mina girls mm-hmm. um to have but anyway um just to hear that up. you know yeah that, yeah, that says a lot. It, 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 was just, it was a nice moment
0: it's huge honestly and it, it wasn't pandering as well um i know that we're, we're definitely going to get to it because that's one of my Favorite scenes, I think, in this is this episode. Um, but uh but yeah, but yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you guys more. Five is honestly one of the best episodes in any comic book show, I think. Put the screen. Um, just just I, I think for me, I keep a top five list of my favorite Marvel MCU heroes, just um, you know, not Marvel heroes in general. That's a separate list for me, comic-wise, um, but just MCU characters in general. And um, Five. The, the fifth episode was what ended up pushing Mark Spector um, all the way to that top five in just his rookie season. You know, I mean, like he's just Oscar Isaac as, a, as an actor was just phenomenal in that episode. Uh, mm-hmm. The complexities behind Mark Spector as a character, the trauma that he goes through, um, his relationship with Stephen Grant um, and potentially his relationship with somebody else. We'll see eventually. Um is, it, it's just phenomenal, it's unique, it's complex, and it's it's tragic, and I think it's some of the best writing and, and directing and, and acting that I've ever seen in a Marvel project um, come to life. So I agree with you guys, that is my favorite um, of the episodes. Um, well, would you
1: say Mark Spector is your favorite or Steven Grant your favorite? <laughs>
0: Uh, Mark Spector, because he has the body. He is he is the character. Um yeah, is there like I a 1A and a 1B? Yeah, it's bullet points. But when 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 uh, you know I, I wouldn't want to call him an imagined character, you know, even though technically Stephen is. But when you're weeping for a character like Stephen Grant, that's the power of an episode like five, you know, when you see him obviously they undo it completely, but uh, which is fine which is good Uh, I'm okay with that but um you don't know that they're going to do that you you know they they really kept you guessing and i i thought that that was a really i couldn't agree with you guys more five is my favorite episode so if we dive into the nitty-gritty um and and just kind of go into the episode highlight by highlight i guess um you know we we start out um very you know obviously back in the real world from uh episode four after mark gets shot and i love that they did this because um, this entire time while Mark is in his own head or in the afterlife, um, you know, and following, um, uh, tw- uh, sorry, uh, somebody help me out, uh tw- Te- oh, what's her name, Hippo? Tawet. Oh, to- to- <laughs> Tow- 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, when, when they're following her into the afterlife. Um, we don't know what's going on in the real world. You know, we only see things in, in mm-hmm. and Mark's journey. Um, and then we start seeing souls reigning. So we have to answer that question. What is going on in the real world simultaneously while this is happening? So I thought it was a very clever device for what we saw in Mark's head is happening at the same time all this is happening too. Um, and we, we see the events of exactly what happens, um, after he gets shot. Um, and, and Layla again being a complete badass, going full Metal Gear Solid and snatching out <laughs> yeah. and taking out people from you know behind the scenes and silently, very cool. And uh, you know, obviously Harrow gets you know the statue of uh, Ahmet and uses it to upgrade his staff DD style. Um, and D style. And yeah, like, what did you guys think about these introductory moments? I mean, did they answer a lot of questions that you had from the fifth episode? Would what, overall, what'd you think, um, Laura? I'll start with you.
1: Um. Wait, wait. Can you repeat the question? Because like yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Sorry about that. I said a lot. Uh, (laughs) When uh, the intro episode catching us up with what's happening in the real world, you know, while Mark (laughs) is in his head. um, Well, how'd you think about all of that up to you know Harrow powering up his staff?
1: Um, you mean the imaginary world, world like the site with the with Harrow as the doctor kind of thing, or do you mean? Oh, you mean in the in the in in the in the sands.
0: When we when we begin in the tomb, like the uh, the events of the episode. Yeah, when he's dead. like floating in the water,
1: basically. Oh, when he wakes back up. Before that. Before like that. <laughs> there's so I'm many sorry. different because there's so many there's so many imaginary worlds that because in the psychiatry bin and then there was. Fair <laughs> oh like, yeah, but, of course. Of so course. my <laughs> head my head didn't like click when you were like describing no, no, no. it. I'm sorry. And you said in the real world, I'm like, oh, and he's in the temple in the real world, but then.
0: That's what I meant. Yeah the temple oh the temple there we, we should have said okay. Layla the going full no, and stuff yeah yeah the temple.
1: okay um with things going oh you mean when he's like passed out it's the Layla dealing with that shit yeah 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 yeah, yeah okay okay thank you I, I'm sorry <laughs> I was just like I was trying to figure out like oh well, like, wait which part because I feel like there's just so much there's I mean it's hard when you're dealing with the psyche and like it's kind yeah. of like like um another world you know when you're in in your mind but yeah the the events out, uh externally um what i thought about it i i i mean layla's a badass i really love seeing that like her um her refusing him like Kanju is like asking asking like for like hey you are worth it do this and she's just like f you like, <laughs> like i i loved i love her like I think I, I it solidified my love for her even more because I, I I loved her before um when we first introduced to her because like she's just a, a badass and like she's human too. Like where she gets hurt and she's tired after fighting on a zombie. Like I love that about her. Like she, they don't make her into this like perfect person of like battling. She, she has faults and and issues. And and so um I love seeing her fight and like negotiating with Talwit and and becoming the hero that. Her dad would have i love that scene she goes oh your father and she was just like my dad like you know there's a moment of that and so i really um i'm just really uh, i really love that but what i'm really confused is when <coughs> um harold comes with the staff that like he lights it up like he said yeah how was he able to beat all those gods like those gods are more that's, powerful yeah that's yeah. the thing that confused me because. He was just like, oh, you know, he, even though he had like, you know, he had the statue of, of um, Amrit, those other gods are more powerful than Amrit. So, and then all of them combined fighting Hero, that, that part took me out a little bit because you see you know, him attacking them and then they were passed out or dead, you know? Yeah. And that part kind of took me off out because. Those, are, those gods are the deciders, you know? They're the, the trial, the tribulation, they're the, the leaders of the Egyptian gods. And so that kind of confused me to see them um, be easily taken down by Harrow. So I don't know, right. maybe you guys know why, or that's, that's something I do want to know, I'm curious about. So I didn't really believe uh, like that aspect before Mark woke, woke up and stuff. But um, I mean, it's just interesting because I, I, that, that part kind of took me off.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah go ahead mike
2: no Sorry. no no uh, i i cuz i i was on another show and then we were talking about how it it was just one of those moments where it's like Mark transitioning again and you you're missing so much information in between those times um we uh, we you want we want to know um how how that happened how they defeated them uh it, it's just now this is worse because we don't know um, we we can't rely on anything like mark being the unreliable narrator this one is just like it happened but how did it happen why right. did it why why did it happen to them so easily um um as laura was saying it takes you know I, there were like four of them left i guess four gods in there in that one scene but you know later on we see two gods handle, handle yeah them. Uh, so it's kind of confusing the, the math doesn't work out basically for me
1: yeah, I need it, them to explain that aspect.
0: <laughs> it's definitely a uh, a Deus ex machina, uh, not Deus ex machina thing. It's a uh, yeah, spend wonderful. your disbelief yeah. moment, you know, mm-hmm. where you just have to kind of accept that the gods are stupid. And let's be honest, that's not a stretch. They are like literally the exact thing that kanshu was warning them about in episode three, which was that he's going to unleash amit and do all this crazy stuff they're like no he's crazy and then harrow comes in with amit and they're like
1: what
0: yeah. they're like, you're stupid you deserve to get like blown up by amit because you guys suck you guys know, really like, really how do how did you not know
1: if they're yeah. power, all powerful gods how do they not know i'm sorry That's, yeah, that it's all, a part. it's all good i feel kind of sorry
2: for the one that actually helped um yeah i did feel that, that, that helped Mark because oh, well, she she, oh, she okay. seemed like she was believe you know, them genuinely, yeah. yeah believe them in everything and all
0: everyone else is like no the music so, god right yeah the music god yeah 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 so, yeah she's good yeah. um i think we skipped ahead just a little bit so oh i was reading to the beginning I'm... of the episode
1: what do, you mean? <laughs> like, what, in the... what do you mean like what was what was in the movie i watched it i totally don't remember what you're talking <laughs> so about this, right?
2: is a, no. this is we're in it a totally live episode about. of okay. moon night right? it's it's yeah
1: well you said in the temple, because in the temple he was shot, he was laying down there, and he sees yes. he, he, he sees the psychiatrist. So that's the thing that I think he tells them, like, do we believe that, him?
0: That was that was the fourth and fifth episodes, but then this one starts out with Harrow going to Mark's dead body, uh grabbing the statue. The, huh? Grabbing the statue, yes. Grabbing the statue. Layla's kind of hiding in silence and just like waiting um uh, for her moment. Oh my god, that's and so then horrible. he powers up the staff. Sorry. No, totally he, follows
1: him, he follows him <laughs> so to. Yeah, yeah. Follows follows him to She follows him, and then he a goes to
0: border patrol, and then you know he's just a jerk, so he's just like, "Oh, you're in my way, and you're bad people, so I'm okay. going to throw your souls out, you know."
1: So you said when he used his staff thing, he used the staff thing many times.
0: So when he you did, said- but I mean the first time he powered up <laughs> the first time because- at the border he used it. Okay, and, yeah. yeah. and one and of he the souls that, didn't and come. And that's not in the temple though, Mike. No, no, no! I said he powered up his staff in the temple because he does, right? Like yeah,
1: it, he used it twice. Once up. in the staff in the temple, and then the other time in the. But I said he powered up
0: his his staff because that's what that's what he does, right? It goes from a regular <laughs> walking stick yeah. to the dragon, like or serpent thing, whatever it is. It turned yeah, into a it, dragon. Yeah, it, it yeah. flipped over exactly. Yeah. Okay. And so, then, so
1: yes, totally I'm sorry. Fine. Totally, I'm <laughs> so sorry. Um, yes, she's a badass, and I'm glad that she that she followed them and kind of like. <laughs> I, I, but you know, I got to get to know, I got to get to know Tal with personality better and I love that. Yeah, and um, then,
0: um, the one thing that I, I wanted to get to, you know, now we don't have to discuss that at part because we discussed it, which is great. But um, right before that, one of the best things ever, um, Mark is in the field of reeds. He's in heaven, he is at peace. And for once in his life, there's no voices in his head. It's just silent, calm, peace. And what does he do? He's like, no, we have to go back for Stephen, you know. Um, and he he gives up heaven basically, even though Towerette says you can never come back here if you leave. And then he goes to he goes to Stephen, who's just in the desert, you know, sandy and everything like that. And he says like the sweetest thing ever, which is my greatest superpower basically is you. You know that was that was my you are my superpower. Touches touches his hand with his heart, literally, Um, and then suddenly, you know, Stephen becomes unsandy, and there's a huge tidal wave coming their way of sand. And then tidal wave comes in the rest.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: What what did you guys think of that? Um, I'll start with Mike Lee. Um, Thoughts on that? Those scenes, the Stephen Mark scenes. So that
2: Stephen and Mark scene that, that was pretty much the closure I needed from episode five it's like oh it can't end like this um yeah. you know you can't separate them and i was hoping there was some you know he would be back because you know that would be tragic if he didn't come back yeah. um but you know he did eventually and the way that how came in like this Ek Machina style like you know i'm gonna block this tsunami of sand with this giant boat and so you guys can go in and um through the gate and cross through um back into the real world. So yeah. That that I
1: lo- I like that whole sequence. Like yeah.
0: Laura, what about you?
1: Thoughts? I really I love this scene because, you know, in the beginning, Mark and Stephen were trying to get rid of each other. It's like yeah. they're useless like to each other. They were both and it's kind of like you're hating yourself too. Like you hate that part of yourself. You know, it's like, oh I hate this side of me and like I, I don't know, I just I resentful, resentful, resentful. But then you realize that you need that part to to protect yourself too. Um, And like, you know, I hate I hate always being afraid, all this stuff, but it also protects you because you know you have to be afraid in order to feel something too. And so I feel like like them making up felt like you were accepting a part of your another part of yourself and you're accepting yourself as a whole because you felt like you, you know, it's like you're my superpower, you're my other half. And I felt like, you know, it's like loving yourself and like and, and and fully accepting who you are and embracing that because you know, Mark Spector has a mental, mental illness, you know, and, you know, I feel like he was trying to push that away for so long and like trying to hide it. And I feel like with mental health, people deny that, like, you know, I I have a problem, like, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem. Like, I just need to get rid of it, like all this stuff. But he, you know, he accepted like, this is a part of me. And I felt like that's, that's what people need to accept that, like, you know, I'm always gonna have this problem. Like, and it may not be a problem, but I, I'll, I'll accept it. You know, I accept like the side of me. And I felt like their connection was like very, very, it was beautiful to see that it's like, I accept this part of who I am. It's just this part of who I am. And, I, and you know, it's important to me. And then they're able to both move on. And also I think it was like, I was just like, oh, I want Oscar Isaac to tell me that I'm his superpower. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to pretend like, I'm just like, oh. I'm his superpower. Like I was like, oh, sweep me off my feet. I love you. Like it was just so. <laughs> crazy. I know he was saying that to his brother and stuff to himself, but I was just like, oh, it would be so freaking romantic. Like, like if a guy just says, like, like who looks like Oscar Isaac was like, you're my superpower all along. I'll be like, oh, so hot. But anyway,
0: yes. No, no, no. I I get the fantasy. You're on a beach. If that was you instead of Stephen, <laughs> and he's like. My, oh my greatest God, superpower Isaac. is you. <laughs> That's like the sweetest thing ever. That's you know? so romantic.
1: I'll see you, Isaac, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh. I mean, that's, I agree with both of you guys, like, you know, here's the thing, we, we were talking about Moon Knight as an unconventional love story, and it's not the relationship between Mark and Steven and Layla, that's the love story, it's the relationship between Mark and Steven, you know, we've been saying this every episode, I think, so far this, this season, um, and we get to your point, Mike, this closure, you know, um, out of this season-long relationship between Mark and Steven, um, in that moment where where you know that that love is, is essentially and that sacrifice because because Mark is going to become part of the uh, Diab as well he's starting to turn the sand as well, but um, that that love and that sacrifice um, is the closure that we need and the payoff that we need for this relationship and and Laura what you just said about this. Being acceptance—that is the most beautiful thing about this story. I think is, and it goes back into the Jeff Lemire run too. There's there's a couple of lines in that run where Mark tells Conshu, "I am sick. There is there. I do have a problem, but that is a part of me, and I cannot live as a whole human being without that. That is me, and I'm accepting it and embracing it. So I love that they're they're doing that basically, but through Stephen as the metaphor for. Um, him accepting all of that, you know, uh, that part of himself that makes him whole. Um, so, so I, I couldn't agree more with your sentiments. I love both of those. Yeah, um, both what you guys said. But
1: Yeah,
0: and Oscar Isaac is hot. And Oscar Isaac is t- <laughs> Oscar Isaac is totally hot. I'll, yeah. I'll thirst with you. I I,
1: yeah. I, <laughs> I. I know. I need more water.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a desert for a reason. Um, yeah. Um
1: so, have, so I, okay yes go on. No yeah, no please <laughs> so I, I, I had a dirty comment, but I don't want to say it on, on live <laughs> you Uh only
0: if you want to. Uh, do you want to? We want I'll tell to you guys afterwards. I'll tell you afterwards. I don't know okay. if there's children right. on here. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll keep easy. <laughs> Damn it to each other.
1: People okay, can tweet me. I'll tweet it. I'll tweet it out because there's no children on there.
0: <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I and now I'm just curious. That's all I'm gonna be thinking about the rest of the show. Um but um okay, so so the door's open, and what happens? Mark is able to come back and immediately Kanshu senses him, and they go and he's he's like okay, yeah, uh, imbue me with your power so I can regenerate, so I, I can come back to life. And we get this gorgeous shot again of him just turning into Moon Knight. That transformation, by the way, it's always, it's always impressive and gorgeous. Um, but there's a <laughs> twist now. He's not just turning into Moon Knight. Um, and because he reconciled with Steven, he can basically control when he switches and when one takes over in the other. And Steven, who I love uh, very, very much, um, for the first time, isn't the one that's, you know, having Mark defend him, he's the one that's defending Mark, because he can sense, and he knows, and has alluded to it, especially in that fifth episode, that Khonshu has been taking advantage of Mark's frail state, his fragile state all along, mm-hmm. and what does Mr. Knight do? Mr. Knight negotiates, which is exactly what Mr. Knight is supposed to do, um, and he tells Khonshu, uh, you know, you can, we, we will do this for you, but we gotta, we're done after that, you know, and you gotta agree with this, um, so what did you, what did you guys think of that scene, um, and this entire relationship, this conversation, this dialogue, and Mark and, and, um, you know, Mark and Stephen switching, and Stephen becoming the negotiator, what'd you think of all this? Uh, Laura, I'll start with you first.
1: Um, I love that They trust each other enough to handle it, like to switch off. Like, it's not like we're Mark. You know, when Stephen was talking the whole time, you don't hear Mark in the background going like, Stephen, what are you doing? Or when, or opposite, you know, before it was like, oh, this is stupid. Don't just like, you know, they would always voice over the conversation. Like, like, and so I feel like I really love that they trust each other enough. that It's like, hey, Stephen, you go ahead and do your thing. And like, Mark, you know, like they know each other's strengths. And I love that aspect where, and like, like you said, like a perfect, when you said perfectly, like um, Mark was in a fragile state and Stephen knew that, Stephen recognized that. And I, I love that, you know, Stephen is like, I'm gonna protect us, like, just like you protect me, like Mark, you know? And so I really, I really love that conversation that, that they had and they're able to just easily switch off like that because it just shows their trust and newly accepted relationship with each other.
0: Mike Lee, how about you?
2: I don't know how much more I can add because Laura laid it out perfectly, but um, so much of this, uh, that, that sequence, we, we've seen um, an evolution of uh, Steven's character because he's been you know, demeaned and you know, ridiculed by Kanji. <laughs> like he's the little worm, all the idiots in control again. Now we get to see him in, in a position of power where he's like, you know what? Yeah, we're gonna negotiate now. I know the world's gonna end, but hey, you listen here, if we're gonna save this world, you know, you gotta, gotta do it by our rules now because um, we're, we're tired of how things were. Your, your way didn't work, basically. Now we're gonna do it my way. And
0: if you don't like it, well, so be it.
1: F yep. you, Konzu.
0: <laughs> no, I I love what both of you guys said um Laura especially I love the the idea that um you know you you touched on it these two are making each other whole you know like um the 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 way that Mark protects Stephen and the way that Stephen protects Mark it's it's so apparent in this scene um it's so apparent that they've they've grown together um and can handle and each other's and have each other's backs. Um it's just it's just been this wonderful relationship. Plus for for me as as just a fan um who's who's seen you know Mr. knight in the comics and everything like that. Um that's that's what he does. He, he negotiates, he negotiates with the police, he negotiates he, he does a lot of the detective work. Mm-hmm. Um but in this case, you know, he's he's doing a lot of the he's known as the negotiator and here he is negotiating his first big negotiation. Hopefully Hopefully they continue the series and we get to see this evolve, this side of him evolve even more. But I'm I'm glad that Mohammed Diab, Jeremy Slater, the That's entire great. right, like yeah, Mohammed Diab, such an amazing yes. job. And and they had to throw in the buzzword negotiate in there because I was either like, oh, we know you guys, we know you want to see this, so um, I love that. And then um, Mark might be back, but uh, Layla going back into the the uh, the temple. <laughs> um gets a tip from um one of the other gods that uh you could theoretically take down omit because you know i mean as as we see harrow smashes the omit statue and we get a big you know literal crocodile walking around and uh it looks it looks pretty good looks pretty pretty interesting uh reminds me of King K. Rule from like the Kirby games but you know um he's, he's that's that's Amit um and you know the only way to take out this soul eater is to bind it in the body of of an avatar of some sort um and I think is that Osiris's avatar that's telling that to Layla? I forgot who the guy represented. I think it was Osiris. Yeah, uh, yeah it he was. Um, he tells Layla, you could do that, uh, but you're going to need a hell of a lot more avatars because we're incompetent. We all died because we were stupid and Harrow killed us very easily. We don't know how. Um, but yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Four. Four people, come on. And and here's here here's the moment that we're we've all been waiting for. Layla knows what she has to do, and she surrenders herself uh, to Towerette. And guess what? She becomes the Scarlet uh, Scarab and unleashes her badass freaking <talking> wings. Like best scene ever. Um, what did what did you guys think when you saw this? Um, I'll I'll start with Mike Lee. Um, so I, I
2: liked how there was this whole conversation, like,
0: "Oh, you know,
2: I'm Tarwet," or you know, you know, um, you know, I talked to your dad, and then the whole switching back and forth scene. It was com- comical, but then it, when they were talking about the dad, it got a little bit emotional. So I, I especially liked that switching back and forth, and I think that was the same voice, right? That was that was just her. It, it didn't switch to the Tarwet voice because um, when we see Tarwet in the in Speaking through the dead, it's like, oh, that's Tarwet, but okay. So it wasn't. Um, it was all uh, Layla. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when we get to see her in action, it was just like that's badass. The way she makes her heroic entrance, you know, through the rubble. This is my. These are my wings. This is my power suit. Oh my gosh, that was, that was so amazing. I loved it.
1: Yeah. Laura, how about you? Um. Yeah. Uh, I I love I love Tarwet. Uh, I thought she's ador- she's adorable. She's like, I can't, I can't wait. Okay, but, but let me talk about Amrit first because when, when she first came out from the smoke, the first thing I thought was crocodile, I was like alligator Loki. Like, did no one else think that? Like, it was like an alligator. I can't believe I didn't think that. I can't believe I didn't think that. Like, when it turned, I was just like, alligator Loki. I feel like <laughs> I could easily get my alligator Loki hat and just paint it <laughs> black and just add some like other gold stuff on it. And that would be Emirate. Like, I was just like, like seriously, I was like alligator Loki. I want them to be friends. I want them to meet. Like it's like, oh and like al- like crocodile, alligator, Ellen. I, I don't know what Amra is. Is it crocodile? Alligator? Uh,
0: I think it's I think she's a crocodile, but I, I honestly I'm no zoologist. I don't know the difference between a crocodile and an alligator, <laughs> yeah. To be honest. yeah.
1: But anyway, yeah. the first thing I thought was alligator Loki. And I was just <laughs> like, that's that's like the first thing I thought. I was just like, alligator Loki. Um anyway, um, but uh, I I love the fact that like you know, she, um, uh, Tanawith was like just really chill the whole time when like the, everything the temple like he like um, he he kind of broke everything down to fall on fall on her but she was just like oh I can't wait for everything it's like oh sorry I can't like hers um, you know deep, like the, the the sky is falling everything's falling on her on her hurry up with this crap you know like um but yeah like i uh i just but i do love her because she's adorable she is my alligator loki of the series (laughs) uh hippo you know she's so cute um but yeah like i i I really love that scene i love seeing the their dynamic um she said temporary but i don't know i think she's gonna love the powers and i think we're gonna see if they have the second season i'm hoping um she'll continue on with that
0: Mm -hmm. and it, it, it two two words uh for that scene May Kalamaui, guys, uh, just her, her sw- to your point, Mike Lee, her switching back from like uh, uh, it's the Tower app voice, but it reminded me of Mrs. Doubtfire. Almost. Oh yeah, it's that, so, that's it's so darling and it's so sweet. It's like this sweet aunt or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, oh, totally. And and May Kalamaui just doing the voice and kind of doing you know going back and forth. There, there's a part of me that wishes she had a little bit more screen time in the series. Actually, a lot more screen time in the series. Because she is crushing it, the dual identity thing, just as much as Oscar Isaac is. And we, we've we written home about how Oscar Isaac is, is Emmy-worthy. There's there's Emmy-worthy stuff in Mae Kalamaui, you know, if if they yeah. gave her a little bit more time to flex that those muscles. So I love those scenes. Um, I So I'm going to be honest. I, I'm not too familiar, you know, and, and I read a lot of comics and stuff like that, but I've I've never really been that familiar with the Scarlet uh Scarab. Uh the and this is definitely a week for Scarlet, by the way, um, with Scarlet Witch too. Um but Scarlet Scarab, um I know that yeah, I had to do a little bit of research for uh, the character. You know, I know that um, there there was a character called the Scarlet Scarab in in you know some of the old comics, particularly the Invaders comics with Human Torch and, and Namor, um, in in the World War II era um, of of Marvel. Um, or actually, I mean, at least stories just told within that se- setting. Um, and and it was a, a character whose last name was Fa- Fowey, I think, as well. Like instead of Al- El Fowey, uh, F- I I'm butchering that i'm sorry everyone of egyptian descent for butchering this um but but um yeah it's there was this very similar character that kind of takes its origins from that and they kind of splice the scarlet scarab origins with um marlene from the moon knight comics to create this character um and quite frankly i can't wait to see Layla um alpha Alpha um in the comics later on because She's just the breakout star of, of this, honestly. Um, we'd never heard of this character before and she just kills it, make Kalamaui kills it. Um, yeah, such a such a brilliant scene and, and a cool costume and everything was there, I think. Um, but yeah, and also to your point, Laura, alligator Loki. I wish I would thought of that. Right? <laughs> I, I feel like a dummy for not doing that, um, but yeah, um, cool. So we get the Scarlet Scarab, we get Mark Spector back in, you know, in the game, and at this point in time, here's where we get into MCU apocalyptic stakes, um, we got Harrow climbing up to the top of a great pyramid and unleashing his his little uh, alligator cane so that uh, it activates everyone who is a follower of his into uh, basically sucking up souls for Uh, uh, Ahmet to eat Um, as Ahmet gets bigger and bigger and bigger to Godzilla-like proportions. And, you know, obviously that is the signal for Mark to come back as Moon Knight full costume for those kind of like complaining that we weren't getting enough Moon Knight. This was our Moon Knight episode. He's like running up the Great Pyramid and they just get at each other. And then we get into this really cool action sequence where you see Moon Knight and Mr. Knight switching places and Mr. Knight is kicking ass uh john wick style because now stephen knows that he could fight as, especially after that last episode mark made him a fighter and now he's just beating the crap out of people and you get these cool transitions where he gets knocked into a wall and then out comes the moon knight instead and it's just <laughs> badass yeah um and then then obviously the scarlet scarab comes into the picture as well the, these fight sequences for me were insane what did you guys think uh laura i'll start with you
1: the fight scenes were so cool, like, oh my god, like, Steven and, like, it was John Wick, it felt like, like, him with the the, the the sticks and, like, just fighting like that, like, I was just so impressed, I was, um, and the cuts, the editing was really, really good, um, how they're able to cut them in between, like, it's Steven, it's, and then it's, um, uh, it's Moonlight. it's, well, it's Mark, it's Steven, Mark, and it's, like, they did such a great job with the choreography, the, the fight choreography. I was just really impressed with that. And then also, it was great seeing finally just seeing like, um, you know, Layla be the hero that she that she, that, that she deserves to be. That everyone like everyone should be uh, praising. Um, it was just great seeing the three of them fight together, you know. And it's like it felt um very united, united front. And then seeing her be a hero, a superhero, you know, saving those kids, like the, the family in the in the van and stuff. I, I, you know, because, like, the for, before, you know, when she came back to Egypt, you know, and people were like, you shouldn't come back, people aren't going to trust you kind of thing, like, you remember when they said that, like, oh, you know, no one trusts you and stuff, to see, like, the, like, Egyptian people, like, the people in this, in that community was looking at her, like, oh my god, you're a hero, you, you you know, you know, you, like, thank you, um, it was nice, it was kind of, like, a nice, like, uh, 180 for her, really, because she left, with shame and stuff because she was like, I can't go back. And then now she's like, I'm back and like, I'm, I'm a superhero.
0: Yeah, ah, such good moments. Um, Mike, what about you, what did you think? I have to say,
2: um, I particularly like during that fight scene, there, there's this one tracking <laughs> shot. And it was just like that one whole moment where they implement this um, technique where Mr. Knight is just fighting off these guys, um, fighting off Harrow's uh, henchmen just one you know tracking shot of it and then he, he throws baton it like ricochets and then um Moon Knight catches it and then he, Moon Knight uses his weapon mm-hmm. as well so I I, I just That's like cool. as we was saying the whole editing the fight sequence everything was really you know polished and really nice um as for Layla Layla was just <laughs> like we've been saying kicking ass in this whole during this whole episode um using her wings just as either shields or you know ripping the other other people apart and then she goes out and saves um, this family as she was saying and then just to hear that um the little girl asks, are you an egyptian superhero oh. and then she says yes and then it's just that one moment where you get to hear um hear ask that question and hear her answer just that words of those words of affirmation just really solidify you know egyptians can be superheroes too you know you don't you just don't need to write about it you can this is it right here. This is your moment.
1: Yeah. And also in the language, in their language. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. love that. It wasn't like, oh, you're like in English, where it's like, you're a superhero. Like, yes, I am. That's a, it's yeah, like,
2: that's an excellent superhero point. Superhero. Yeah. yeah. Yes.
1: That was the most beautiful thing. Like I felt like Marvel, like for the series, has done in terms of representation and feeling like real representation. Because I feel yeah. like the series before. It's always like sprinkle in some rep, you know, like, hey, we're gonna add a little bit of this, like, hey, you know, there's some representation, but this one, like, you know, the whole time she's been a badass and, you know, sitting there. And I feel like it, it, that was like full circle moment for me for, for representation too.
0: And and I think it speaks volumes as to why. you have a person of color in charge of the Egyptian heritage um, and the Egyptian culture. You have someone like Mohammed Diab <laughs> Putting that touch on there, knowing what it's like to be Egyptian and and or Middle Eastern, Mina, and and not having a whole lot of superheroes out there for him to look up to, um. So so to me, I it, I think. And no offense to the Russos, no offense to Endgame. Endgame is still my favorite movie of all time. But one of the most pandering moments in the MCU altogether was the she's got help scene, which I just couldn't stand because. It was very transparent toting it wasn't sincere in my opinion and I felt that it was because you had two guys behind you know the camera two guys writing the script putting this in there as if they were talking about the perspective of, of female demographics or female here you know superheroes and you it, it doesn't it doesn't vibe as well as someone who's genuinely speaking about their plight in representation within pop culture. Um putting their spin on these things. So I really did appreciate that scene as well. It didn't feel corny, It didn't feel forced to me. Um, it didn't make me roll my eyes. And I think it's because you had uh, Amina, you know, director um, doing this and and putting that spin on things. but but yeah. Um, and and that that kind of brings me to the two things that we've never seen before in any Marvel project or, Uh, in, you know, in any superhero project that uh, come to that. Um, The presence of the Egyptian superhero, which is huge. Um, And also, as we touched on, the awesome sequence where you're switching back and forth between two different characters in one body fighting people. It just, it made for such a dynamic, cool-looking moment. So, awesome. Love it. So, uh, carrying on, we... We get uh, those fight scenes, but unfortunately, despite all the badass moments, Mark is losing and konshu is losing, too. And Harrow's got Mark pinned and, you know, he's about to kill everything and, and konshu is getting beaten up by, uh, uh, you know, Amit. And then all of a sudden we get something that we haven't seen since the first and second episodes and, and some of the third episodes. Mark blacks out and then he wakes up. And he's got, I thought at first that he buried the axe in the head of, of Harold, yeah. but he didn't, yeah. thank God, yeah. yeah. He, 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 he's got an unconscious hero with an axe to his head. And you're like, oh, damn, we think we know what this is. That sarcophagus that we were talking about or thinking about, I think that we're getting some answers here. And, uh, you know, I, you know, Mark's like, Stephen, did you do this? And then he just shifts into Stephen. He's like, no, I didn't do this. Um, and they're like, what the hell's going on? but Harrow is thankfully beaten. Um, they take him into the temple, they do their spell, uh, they, you know... Um, stick, what's that? It takes two people. It takes two people. <laughs> no, <laughs> four, they,
1: four. they connected the other gods that were... Because the avatars are dead, so they were <laughs> able to connect to the other gods. Statues.
0: Yeah. Ah, uh, got it, got it. Um, and they, they force Amit into the body of the unconscious Harrow and you know, uh, konshu says, now, Mark, you got to kill him because what if he does something bad later on? And Mark's like, hang on, hang on, you big fat, big bird hypocrite, you know, you're <laughs> you you you're literally sounding exactly like Amit, screw you. I'm not doing this. You do it yourself and then you just piece it out. Yeah, um, what What did you guys think about all of that? I know that that's a lot to cover, but um, I figured we could probably do it pretty quickly. Um, what did you guys think? I'll start with Mike Lee so yeah during that whole
2: sequence we got like a kaiju or i don't know what an <laughs> egyptian equivalent of a kaiju is because i've never seen that but yeah that just you know you see the skull bird and you see this crocodile just duking it out and i love how the, the, the camera worked out because oh, yeah. you did to see those two fight and then you also in that same frame you see a uh, hero beating up um Moon Knight. So So that, that's what I, I appreciated because we get to see these two people and how their relationship and how devoted they are or how devoted to their cause they are. But um, as we move on, like we said about the whole blackout sequence, I thought this is this is the confirmation we need of a third presence, which we will talk about later, but its sarcophagus, the way they talked about, um, you know, those little sprinkles of hints of like no, I didn't do this or do, do that sort of thing. And um, we get to see how they take uh, Harrow to the temple again um, to put uh, Ahmed into him so they can do that spell where you beat him, you can contain Ahmed. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was that was a great sequence overall just to finally put the cap on on the whole action and just ease everything down for the final minutes. Laura,
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, the imagery was beautiful. Yes, them fighting in the background and you see them fighting. Um, I thought that was beautiful. How the sh- the shot was like, how they did it, it, it was so be- beautifully done. Um, loved the blackout. Don't know why I didn't question the blackout because even 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 Layla was like, "What the f did you do?" Like, "Oh my god, did you not know what you did?" And like, and Marcus Mark, and and Stephen were like, "Oh, I don't know what happened." Oh well, okay. Let's move on. <laughs> I'm, kind of like, I'm kind of like both of you are like, "What the f?" And yet, okay, okay, like, it's cool. Um, because you both blacked out, but um, and so um, I thought that was cool. Like how it's like, I love, I love what they do whenever you they switch places. Like it, it it's like, it's like, you know, like when they it's like, a TikTok, TikTok. video. Yeah, well, and it's then like you it's hear like,
2: that it's sound like, too. Yeah, as
1: yeah. sound, I felt like, oh my, I really love that because you just feel like you're part of it and you're blacking out and you're experiencing what he's experiencing. Yeah, and so I really love that what they what the camera work and how they they shot that. And um, yeah, I really loved seeing that, that aspect and then waking up and and trying to trap Harrow. I thought Harrow was dead. I thought the axe was in his head, and I was just like, oh shit! Like that person, whoever the, the, we know who the person is like, really, like, was, is brutal. Um, and, but it, like, I love that they stood up to Khonshu and they were like, all right, free us. But I thought that they had to kill him in order to be freed because it, it, the job's not done. Amir's mm-hmm. just trapped, but not dead. So I don't know.
0: I'll have to rewatch the negotiation scene again because <laughs> mums were the conditions, I suppose, um, mm-hmm. at which they got hero. Um, but did he say that he was going to kill him or just get him? And yeah, I'd, I'd like to, I, I'd like to rewatch that because if they if they did say just get him, job's done. But if they <laughs> said stop him or kill him or something like that, then yeah. But uh, yeah, you're right. They never. I, I thought the same thing at first too. Um, and I also thought that um, you know he killed him at first, and I was like, oh, I guess the job's but but yeah. Um, I also agree with you, Laura, that. <laughs> I was like, why isn't anyone questioning this? Like, why are there no answers right now? We just like, well, we'll skip over the answers and just go into that. And I know that we get answers later, but um, it, it was kind of a careless moment for both Stephen and Mark to not, not notice or care about that. But But yeah, having said that, we transition in, in kind of a weird, this is the part of the episode that I thought was personally weird. I'd love to hear, hear what you guys think. We transition to another Dr. Flanders segment where uh, Dr. Flanders is talking to Mark and H- Steven who are really at peace with themselves now and and are okay with, you know, who they are and, and everything going on. And they're like, you're the crazy one here, oh, not us. You know, we're okay with our, our illness. Um, and, you know, it, 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 Cuts to Mark waking up in, you know, in his bed as as he does every day. He wakes up, you know, longing for someone to love. Whatever the song lyric is, um, and then you know he once again is tethered to his bed and just smacks down. Uh, and then the episode technically ends. And I thought to myself when I saw that, that was really abrupt. That was really weird. You know, like yeah. I that that's kind of dumb that they would end it like that. Um, and then, of course, we get to the uh, mid-credit scene. Um, before we get to the mid-credit scene, and I know that we're, you know, counting down, but I want to get to what your guys' thoughts were on the Doctor Flanders scene and the way that this ended prior to the mid-credit scene. Um, we'll start with Laura first. Sorry,
1: yeah, I was kind of confused about the Doctor Flanders thing because is that Harrow's mind that he has them in, or is that their mind, and Harrow is just like a figment of their their imagination of a villain because. Harold became confused. It's like, oh, why is my feet bleeding? And I don't know if they're, you know how they have a shared experience where hero is like, I'm controlling this, like, and we're all sharing one mind. Yeah. Um, and so in my my head, I was just like, like, is are they sharing the mind and Harold's kind of becoming the crazy one? Or is this kind of them defeating Her- the, the hero that they have in their mind? Um, and just being like, like, we're going to get you. Like, you know, you're no longer important in our mind. You're a figment of our imagination. So I was kind of torn between whether or not Harrow was a figment of their of the imagination for both of them and that they have to defeat him because it's their own consciousness. Or was that actually Harrow invading their mind because of his power, like he has some sort of weird power too. Mm-hmm. So I kind of was confused about that when Harrow was like, oh, why is my feet bleeding? No. Oh. And he goes, did you see that, st-? like, Steven? Yeah, Mark. Um, and you know they're able to move on. Yeah. But so in my head I was like, I don't know if it's Harrow like as a shared dream or is it Harrow a figment of their imagination? I don't know. What do you guys think? No,
2: I, I didn't think about that at first. I, I I just was thinking this is kind of an awkward scene. It feels like filler because um, <laughs> they beat it. He already beat them. Um, what kind of you know closure does? What more closure does he need? Um, so, but thinking of it psychologically um i thought yeah that that was a. it's a nice way to at least close out psychologically now but mm-hmm. also it's a unreliable narrator who can we trust whose yeah. mind is this because yeah like, like laura said it was just switching back and forth between um the way they talk like is is a uh, control or is mark in control or, or is steven in control like who 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 can we trust here because um no it, no one seems to be in control. They're, they just or or rather um we we don't understand who whose whose mind this is basically is what I'm trying to say. So yeah.
0: And I, and I bet if you ask Mohammed Diab, you know, is this is this Harrow's mind? Is this Mark's mind? Is this you know Mark and Stevens mind? Whose is it? His answer will be yes. Because I, you know, it's it's like it's 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 everything. I I, no, you I just leave it ambiguous.
2: That, yeah, I think yeah. They, they
0: wanted to make it ambiguous because it is open to interpretation. I'll I'll say my personal interpretation is that it's not Harrow's mind, it's it's all Mark's mind, but it's is his way of you know, it's it's almost like a dream that allows him to rest peacefully now instead of at turmoil and his acceptance of everything. Um, knowing that Harrow was the bad one, not him, you know that the two sides of him are at peace, and it's 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 kind of a closure sequence, um, you know, from a mental standpoint. I definitely agree with you, Mike. It was a little awkward. Um, it's it's hard to comprehend too, and I think that he meant to make it ambiguous. I don't know if it necessarily plays, um, but that's that. I, I had to watch it twice to just come up with that interpretation <laughs> for myself, um, and and just think that it was it was Mark's way of just finally getting a decent you know uh de- a- being at peace with everything that's been going on i guess um and you know n- officially confirming to himself that hero's the bad guy and not him or anything mm-hmm. like that but yeah and then we get to uh, if if that was the way that it ended without the post-credit scenes oh, i would have didn't. been very disappointed uh, yeah. yeah but thankfully okay. <laughs> the post-credit scene picks up we get real answers now because nobody People failed to question those, you know, things before, um, but we get real answers. Harrow's in a mental institution. Um, he's still got Amit inside him. He gets he gets picked up by a visitor, a friendly Spanish-speaking visitor, um, and he gets wheeled out. As he's getting wheeled out, we see a dead orderly somewhere in the room, somewhere, you know, and we kind of put two and together, two and two together. The guy that's wheeling him out is probably the one responsible. He get he stuffs him into a very luxury car. Uh, with the license plate that true. basically says Mark Spector um, and uh, who's waiting for him uh, business Khonshu, um in his like you know ready to do business suit and Kanshu tells him you know like I want you you know yeah I, I was cool with letting those two go but I'd like you to meet my associate <laughs> Jake Lockley yeah. And guess what, guys, everyone who's wondering what happened to that third personality, the cab driver, as it were, from the comics, we finally get the confirmation that this third personality, the one that's more brutal than Mark, mm-hmm. is Jake Lockley. The partition goes down, Jake introduces himself in Spanish, and then, bam, by Harrow, by Ahmet, you know, um, all of that. Jake Lockley, guys, what do you think? Um, I'll I'll start with Laura, and then uh, yeah,
1: thoughts? Yeah. I thought that was a cool scene. Um, yeah. I was kind of like a little bit confused because I know Jake Lockley because I, I, I had to read like, go through this comic books to prepare for this, and um, and I I was confused because you know he's speaking Spanish, yeah. and I love Oscar Isaac, and I love that he is very prideful in being a Latinx um, you know person, and um. You know he's very pr- he's very proud of his Guatemalan roots, and I, I I was so proud that he was picked for to be um, to be Moon Knight to be Mark, and I was hoping that they could showcase his, his like have Mark showcase his, his Latinx kind of thing be be Latinx because you know Oscar Isaac is um, so. When they introduced the parents you know the parents had no indication of being latinx at all like with the, the they're, they're jewish but you know there are latinx jewish people so i was i was thinking maybe you know the mom and or it would have a little bit of um ethnic background especially since jake when jake started speaking spanish and his brother spanish was good like it was it i was just like oh maybe maybe they'll showcase that you know mark it shows some roots of mark of of oscar isaac you know like that he is part latinx that way people who are Latinx who are proud to see Oscar Isaac become a superhero, they get to see him also be represented as a superhero, a Latinx superhero, you know? Even if it's like, they, they say like, oh, your mother's roots are are, are like, are, are Guatemalan blood or something. Um, but I was really excited. I'm hoping that we get to explore that. He's speaking Spanish a little bit in next season, hopefully. <laughs> I really um, love how badass um, Jake looked because he, he looked more sinister. Because like the great thing is that I think Oscar Isaac is hot and like, um, and, but the thing is, Oscar Isaac has so many different facial things where he could look creepy hot. He could look like, and like, he, he's always hot. So that's like, he looks creepy. He looks like, like, um, scary. Like, you know, there's different aspects of him. But when he turned, turned around as Jake, it was a totally different expression that I'm, I'm not seeing of Oscar Isaac. And this guy looked creepy, like to the point where I was just like, I have to pause and then be like, okay, he's hot. But I had to pause. And <laughs> because I was kind of creeped out, um, and so I think he like uh, I'm looking forward to this character and how sinister this character would be, especially since this character um, works with um, it seems to be okay with Kanju's like person like deceptiveness. So I'm um, I'm really looking forward to if they hopefully they continue because if they just ended it that way, I feel like what a waste of Oscar Isaac and 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 having that 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 build up. Um, but overall, I was excited. I thought the scene was—I thought the scene was like—I actually put "of" in my tweet because of the scene itself, and it, yeah. they did such a great job. And like, it, I'm glad that they—they they killed off Carol because I don't think—I think Ethan Haw- hawk is too expensive to continue in the Marvel <laughs> Universe. So um, I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm glad that we could just end that and then hopefully move on to the next villain. Yeah.
0: Mike, what about you? What's your take? Um. I have to say it.
2: I understand the thirst for Oscar Isaac <laughs> in this, in the during this scene. Um, I finally understand it because just the way he carried himself, um, especially how the scene was shot. you, you don't see his face. You see his jawline, which is like the hottest jawline ever. I because know. Because his hat was down. It's like, that's just a jawline, but that's like the hottest jawline I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm
1: so glad you <laughs> see that.
2: <laughs> so, and then, um, as Laura was saying, he turns around and he has this dark and sinister look, which kind of reminded me of Daniel Kalulia's, um you know, mm-hmm. performance in um, Widows, where he's just, he has this dark look. You know, it's, something's bad going to happen when you see that guy. Um, but yeah, I just... Everything that
0: Laura said, I just want to add the jawline. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the greatest takeaway from Moon Knight as a series and this episode itself. Oscar Isaac's jawline, everyone. That's that's what we need to remember for hopefully a second season. Um, no, uh, I I uh, share your both of your sentiments. I want to definitely see. Um, more Moon Knight, more Oscar Isaac, more Jake Lockley, more Stephen Grant. Um, this is this is amazing. Just for those watching this, I'm going to read what Laura just wrote. <laughs> no. Okay, because I know it's driving you crazy. No, no, no I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, Laura, you can read, you you me, kidding, me, now can you read it now that you can yeah. read it. Okay, yeah. as long as I have your consent to read it. <laughs> so, everyone who wanted to know the dirty thing that Laura was going to say. Off her eyes it instantly turns my desert into an ocean if you know what I mean
1: i mean I mean come on
0: I don't think I did it justice
1: but it's not, it's not, it's not dry anymore yes. <laughs> mm. there's children watching us what does so she good. mean by that no, no Maybe she mean? likes
0: going to the beach that's yeah. what she means yeah
1: it makes my desert into a beach right.
0: <laughs> we love you laura we need to do this more often um i I think there's not much else to say guys um i i i I really loved talking moon night with both of you guys, but also with Sabina and, and uh, with every Whitney, who was able thank to you. join for a couple of calls too. We love you guys. I know that you guys are out there and, and hustling, but uh, you know, uh, thank you for an amazing season and thank you to everyone who watched as well um, on behalf of Sabina, who was just an excellent host, um, you know, throughout this entire season, um, giving it up to her, um, you know, we, we want to thank you guys for tuning in um, before we sign off. Uh, I'd like to kick it to my cohorts so that they know they can tell you where to find them. Uh, Laura, I'll start with you. Uh, where can any, everyone, find you?
1: I'm <laughs> oh, um, sorry. Um, you can find me on uh, like I got a call at the BTS uh, concert. Uh, yes, no. <laughs> that was a BTS song that I pulled up. Um, you can find me on social media at L3 Cole um on Twitter, and um, uh, I'm always tweeting about what I write and what I and what I'm watching or what I'm doing. Um, so you can see my updates of my work on there as well. Um. Yeah, and on Instagram, it's Elsirik, um, but that's mostly BTS stuff, so you can ignore that. But like my Twitter is where I post all my articles and my work that you get to see, and I talk about um, movies and, and fel- uh, television and film and stuff. So you can see the elseery, hole. Awesome.
2: Mike, how about you? Uh, yeah, you can find me at, I am Michael J. Lee on all social accounts, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, Instagram. And I'm trying to do
0: TikTok, but I don't know how. So if any of the kids <laughs> out there can help me out, that'd be great. I definitely would not be able to but um and i'm not a kid but uh, that being said um yeah and and you can find me moon Knight mike um at at tidy bowl boy 182 on twitter instagram all social handles uh but most importantly on the nerds of color um as well as on what to watch and and that's at la and once more guys thank you guys so much for tuning in and uh, oh, oh. safe travels out there, travelers at night. Oh, crap. DJ oh. Moonlight
1: uh, moon, moon, Mike. We, we go, we go, yeah. we go.
0: There we go. <laughs> I
1: need you to do like the DJ thing um, Moonlight Mike. <laughs> Moonlight Mike in the house.
0: Okay. Bye, guys. Safe, <laughs> safe travels at night. Crap. That was really bad.